This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. For over 20 years, Dr. James Maxwell and his team at Crestwood Dental have been providing quality care to patients of all ages. They offer a variety of services from cleanings to cosmetic dentistry and restorations with today's most advanced technology, including the most up-to-date lasers, digital x-rays, and impressions. They offer Invisalign and custom aligners with their 3D printer. Crestwood Dental accepts most insurance plans and a membership program for uninsured patients. Schedule today at 314-463-5655 or Crestwood dental.com this is the last minute blues podcast with jeff burton donnie fandango and former blues defenseman jamie rivers it is the last minute blues podcast donnie fandango jamie rivers jeff burton here to talk about hockey and uh, goodness knows whatever else and you know what guys so before we started recording, we had a rather um, spirited conversation about what we should talk about and things. And in that, I never even thought to mention the 28-hour radiothon that I will be doing at this time tomorrow to raise money for charity. I'm terrible at shameless self-promotion. You know what? Then I'll do it. Donnie is doing his 11th, Thanks, man. 11th, 11th yeah. in a row 28-hour radiothon to benefit Ronald McDonald's house. Ronald, Ronald McDonald's, McDonald's charity to St. Louis. Yeah, right. the, the right. charity because yeah, he's not, got a nice place. Yeah, he's got a he good He actually pad. lives not far from me in Eureka, believe it or not. Well, I think I thought he owned Eureka. He made. Hey, McDonald's pretty popular. <laughs> yeah, Mr. McDonald. He he owns. That's he lives out. down the street from me. He actually does. Believe it or not. I, I don't um, know where this went, but if you guys could help donate tomorrow, uh, peoples and things, <laughs> then we should. I don't know what the hell you guys were talking about, Mr. McDonald, and then Ronald there was a McDonald, neighbor. McDonald, the big clown guy from from the now, house. Yeah, Is yeah. he still in the lawsuit with McDowell's? No. <laughs> <laughs> I still love that so by, much, man. By the I way, just, he'll never he'll gloss over this, but this is 11 years in a row. About how much money would you say has been raised through your efforts? I mean, I would I mean, I would think, man, probably close to $200,000. Crazy. That's that's, that's ridiculous. Maybe and now that to to your knowledge, and I don't know, and I'm not trying to put you on the spot here. Yeah. But to your knowledge, does that stay local? Dude, it all stays in That's St. Louis. Awesome. Yeah. It, it, it helps the, the 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 houses downtown. They just built a brand new one. Uh, but Well, it's not brand new, but about uh, five years ago at Mercy uh, there in mid, or, uh, you know, here in Creve Corps. And then they, they, you know, they have grand dreams and they want to do a, like, uh, they want to have a new, they bought a big parcel of land and they want to do a new house that can do a whole bunch of things serve more people because that's one of the things that the ronald mcdonald house runs into is that there's only so much room even in the houses even in the multiple houses that they have they still do run out of room so they would love to be able to to essentially not have to turn anybody away yeah and unfortunately never a lack of clients yeah and if people don't know and correct me if i'm wrong because i was in this world many 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 years ago uh not personally thankfully been in business if you have a sick child, you need to bring them here to St. Louis to be to be helped. The family and the child at points can stay in these in, in this housing, right? A hundred percent for yeah. whatever they can afford. They charge five dollars a day. If you can't afford the five dollars a day, it's nothing. And they have every amenity in those houses that you could think of, so that the parents can do whatever they need to, but still 
being super close to the kiddo yeah. who's at the hospital very close by. They think of everything. And it's really remarkable, man. Like, like just, you know, when you go into those houses and you see the parents that are in there, as a human with a soul, it is impossible not to just absolutely put yourself in their place. And um, you just want to do whatever you can for, you know? And then on top of that, not only they have the standalone houses, but they have rooms in the hospitals now. So if a parent doesn't, those. yeah, they don't want to leave the hospital, you don't have to, but you've got a place that you could take a shower, yeah. that you can eat, that you could take one a One last thing you've got to worry about yeah. when you're worrying about your kiddo. Yeah. So, and, and people out there that have one, two, three, however many kids that are 100% healthy and you've never had to worry about that. Just think about the fact that if you threw that curveball in your life. Yeah, and, and and what I didn't, when I started doing this, I did not realize how many people I knew that either themselves had used Ronald McDonald House or had somebody very close by. And uh, so it's just something that seems to, to be close to a lot of us. And, uh, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're going to keep doing it the way that, that we've been doing it. The man got his own picnic table. Did you see that? Or not bench. picnic table bench. He got his own bench and it's and it's got a it's got a placard on it with Come his name on, on it. It's Let me really tell you something. Cool, cool I've seen, picture, man. I've cool seen picture. some benches in my life. Yeah, me too. One of the best benches I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> but 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 thank you guys for helping me with that because okay, I so could have very well. Again, though, when does it start? It starts August tomorrow at ten a.m. Ten a.m. And then we'll broadcast. Li- I will broadcast live until Friday at two p.m. And, so are you staying here the whole time? Yeah, man, oh, stay yeah. here the whole time. I don't take naps. I don't, don't sleep at all. No, not at all, dude. What is wrong? <laughs> like I commit. Oh, that's amazing. That Looking great? at the picture of Donnie, which is on the point Instagram, and then there's the close up of the placard. That's amazing. It's cool. And I was talking about on the show this morning that the two sides of Donnie are when you first get in there with us, and then you're there, and then when you come back the next morning, he's been here the whole time. And you look like the guy that you see walking down the side of a country road when the headlights hit him. He's just like, uh, that's right. Uh, that, that, that's dude. How do you, I don't know how you do well, it. Well, Riz man. and I, when we get in the morning, it's separately. We come in and normally we just go to our office and start working. But we always go in and check on him. And I always call you beforehand. Hey, I'm on my way. Do you yep. need anything? And when he sees somebody, it's like, oh, life. Dude, oh, dude I'm life telling forms. you that that you know through this whole process, it's um. You know, it's your second wind, your third wind, your fourth wind, you know. And so when I see those guys, man, it just tells me that, you know, we're getting there. You see the finish line. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. So, and also, too, it's great by the time they get in because I'm so tired of being behind the board and running the board that it's really awesome to have Riz doing that for four hours. Gives me a break before I essentially drunk and do it for the last four hours. Not that I am drunken, but that's kind of how I feel like as far as being out we of We would forgive you if you were. <laughs> right. yeah. And if yeah. you need help on the board throughout this, just let me know. Right. All okay. right. I'm yeah. a safe place on the board. <laughs> Well, thank you guys very oh, much. I appreciate it. Before we yeah. jump off it, I don't know if did you already ask him so how can people donate right now? Like if they hear this right now, well, you can go to our website one zero five seven thepoint dot com and there's a link there. I mean, you can you can already put in a song request for tomorrow. We've got a chance or not a chance, but uh, if you want to jump the line and reserve a spot in the first hour, you can do that for a hundred and five dollar donation. The Fandango Fast Pass. I was talking. You got about. it. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So, but there's lots that. of ways. And 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 listen. And I also want to throw this out there too. There are so many people every year that are like, Donnie, I wish I could donate, but I can't because I don't have the money. But I wish, listen, when you send the messages of support at one thirty in the morning, 
that matters. Yeah. When you send the, the Twitter message after it's all done to say good job, that matters. All of it matters. So whatever you can do, and if you can't do anything, you're just listening because you enjoy the heck out of it, well, awesome. I'm glad that we, we can do that. And if you're going to be listening, you hear songs that you would never in a million years hear. No. I can't wait for that. Yeah. I love that. I love when you get back to the mishmash of like oh, whatever yeah. decade it is, whatever band or you know, whatever genre within the alternative umbrella or underneath the alternative, it's awesome. Dude, there's there's just a lot of stuff. So we're gonna have uh we're gonna have quite a bit of fun with it and I'm gonna leave early today so that I can why see just, my kids. Why don't we just start to keep doing this until you start the other thing? Oh right sure. In, take this right <laughs> yeah. into the radio. We'll, run run the, we'll call it a dynamic warm up. <laughs> yeah, you got a soda with you, right? You'll be fine. <laughs> right, right, right. You'll yeah. be fine. Well, we be we 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 have a blues note to begin the the, the show with today. Oh, well done. And, and I think that one of the things that I want to absolutely make crystal clear is in all of our times in the last minute blues podcast where we have referred to carl gunnerson as vanilla ice cream we have done it in the with the absolute utmost in respect uh for this guy that was just an absolute tremendous player for the blues steady eddie back there and today he announces that he is going to be retiring from the nhl guys 12 years in the nhl Think about that for Carl Gunnarsson and, again, the vanilla ice cream. And for our listeners who maybe uh, aren't up to speed on it, maybe you're new to the show, whatever the case is, we have always called Carl Gunnarsson vanilla ice cream, meaning that it's not fancy. It's not something that's going to wow you when you look at it. But then when you have a really good vanilla ice cream on a hot summer day, it's like, man, this is so good. You don't realize how good vanilla ice cream is until you don't have it. Mm -hmm. And we saw that this Mm -hmm. past season with the Blues. Carl Gunnarsson being out of the lineup was, you're like, what's missing? I can't quite put my finger on it. And then you go, oh, yeah, Gunny's been hurt all season pretty much. And so, yeah, our vanilla ice cream is uh, walking off into the sunset as far as his NHL career goes. He wrote an amazing essay for the St. Louis Blues website. You can see it on Twitter and other places. Just his, uh, He fell in love with hockey, pretty much, and or his love for hockey. I forget the exact title, but it was awesome. It, it, it got me emotional near the end of it because I look at a guy like Gunny, and you know he's, a, he's an accent piece on a team. He never was the greatest player on his team growing up. He talks about how he was never the best player, but he just was hoping to make the team and contribute. And here he is. Uh, not only has he won a Stanley Cup with the St. Louis Blues and you know the admiration of so many fans who just love their vanilla ice cream, mm-hmm. but he also holds a little bit of a distinction here, guys, as the uh, first player in Blues history to score a game-winning goal in the Stanley Cup final. And that was in Game 2 yeah. in the Boston the, series. The urinal incident. The urinal incident. <laughs> I think his Not retirement one, press Jeff. conference should be held in the bathroom. I really do. That'd be amazing if he did a, his Zoom call with urinals in the back. Yeah, it'd be awesome. That would be great. That's well played. But yeah, so Gunny scored the overtime winner in Game 2. The uh, Blues were down one nothing in the series. So a huge moment. If the Blues fall 2-0 in that series, who knows what happens at that point. But he scores the one-timer there and then obviously... Craig Berube goes on and talks about how, you know, they were in the pisser and uh, talking and Gunny said, all I need is one more coach. And uh, he wasn't wrong. So he'll be missed, man. I love Gunny. He's one of those personalities, too, in the locker room that whenever you talk to him, you can't help but smile. And I, I never played with Gunny, but I had the opportunity of working with him. My post-career for me, we're on the ice doing skills and during the Stanley Cup run, uh, getting him back into shape when they were coming back from injury, working with him. 
just an awesome dude. We used to go through my playlist and pick all sorts of 90s music because I'm a guy that when I'm out there doing the skills, I play music. Just a little bit in the background. We work out with music. We walk with music. We drive with music. Then we get on the ice and all of a sudden, what? No, serious time. Okay, yeah, you're an NHL player. Be serious, but let's have some fun here. So we'd pick a playlist and go through it, and we'd always have a couple of chuckles. Just an awesome dude. One of the things that are a couple of things that I'll remember Gunnarsson for is obviously that the urinal story. Uh, where he, what was it, he hit a post and then he was going to the bathroom and Berube was right there and he said, hey, all I need is one more chance. Just imagine how that story with the telephone game that we always have, how that story is just going to get more and more amazing over the years. Oh, and, and like Because it's going to go folklore? from urinal to, yeah. to stall probably. <laughs> to, you know, to... To he dangled four guys and put it top shelf. <laughs> right, right yeah. yeah. And not, he didn't ask Ruby for another chance. He told him, give me another chance or something to that effect. And another thing, I don't know how, if you read his whole statement, but I thought it was funny the one a line that he threw in, he didn't mean this as a dig to St. Louis, obviously, but he was coming from Toronto when mm-hmm. he came here. Yeah. And he said everything was downtown and everything was, you know, centered around the, the team because it's not a baseball town like here. And then he said he got here and he goes, downtown, not really much going on. <laughs> well, think about. I mean, A, true. Yeah, don't get what, me wrong. Five years ago or seven years. I forget if it was five in Toronto and seven in, seven in St. Louis. Okay. Think about seven years ago for him. Downtown St. Louis has evolved in seven years. Sure. So when he first arrived, he was probably like, okay, there's the Enterprise Center and there's Bush Stadium. It's probably what he thought. Right, right. Yeah. right. Yeah. Now we have the aquarium. We get the Ferris wheel. We got all sorts of we stuff. We got a soccer field going soccer up Soccer field there. going up. Well, you know what? Tell me about this. Tell me about coming from Ottawa, uh-huh. right, to uh, the other places that you played growing up. And then you come here, and it's not the number one sport. It's not the thing that's on the top of everybody's mind as soon as they wake up. That's got to be a bit of culture shock, shock for a guy that just, you know, right out of the womb put on skates. <laughs> yeah. So my story about coming to St. Louis is actually kind of funny because – I didn't know much about the Blues in history. I knew of Scott Stevens, Brendan Shanahan, Brett Hull, pretty much in that order, too. And I got drafted in 1993. So as I'm flying in for training camp, we're get, we're approaching St. Louis. You know, buckle up. Here we go. We're gonna we're descending into St. Louis. I Had looked, you ever been to St. Louis before? No. Okay. I didn't really know where the heck it was, Jeff. Like, I knew it was in, like, middle America, but not exactly where it was. And uh, I thought it was an island. No joke. It was the flood of 93. Oh, So yeah, when right. we're approaching, I'm my brain is in a pretzel because I'm like, where am I? Like, there's no, why is there so much water? And now, you know, we get reporting up in Canada. We have electricity and cable. It's crazy. Mm, nice. Telephones. <laughs> nice. Congrats. Uh, but, you know, very seldom would Ottawa, Canada, like, zone in on St. Louis for a flood, even though it was a major flood. There's a lot of stuff to cover in the world as far as, you know, reporting news. So when I flew in, I was so perplexed as to what the heck is going on. Uh, and then I was picked up at the airport um, by one of the representatives here and got to the hotel and then, uh, you know, get to meet the guys and you walk in, there's Brett Hall. And then finally through process of elimination, I find out from from Cujo that uh, – yeah, this is not normal. The, you know, usually we can drive around into the outskirts and you're not blocked off. Highways aren't shut down. So that was my first experience with St. Louis. And I knew of the Cardinals. Obviously, they had the success in the 80s. And growing up watching all sports, I knew that the Cardinals were a big baseball team and obviously a great baseball city. So uh, that was great. I thought I thought all that was cool. I used to love the look of 
you know, old Bush Stadium. I yeah. thought that was cool. It was like a Roman Coliseum. I always thought, wow, that's pretty neat. So that was that's kind of my first introduction. Okay, real talk though. Real talk. Okay. When your when your name gets called yeah. by the St. Louis Blues, yeah. I know you're excited to be in the NHL, obviously. But was there any part of you that was like, oh, St. Louis? Yeah. Oh. Thanks a lot, Rangers. You, you, right, you, Thanks you know a lot, what I'm saying? Pittsburgh no, or whatever. Yeah. Whomever. Yeah. Whoever. Wouldn't have been your first choice. Okay, so here's an interesting story, okay? I was rated really high in the draft, probably bottom of the first round I was supposed to go. Got myself into some trouble following my draft year in junior hockey. It was alcohol involved and a bar fight. And it wasn't like I didn't go pick it. Never did that in my life, but it ended up where uh, you end up in one and maybe you win the fight, but it's you didn't win anything because you lose ultimately. Yeah. Well, that word spread through, and so my draft status dropped. He's trouble. Who knows? This, that, the other. And so I go through the first round, not drafted. I'm like, okay, let's readjust here. Second round. Second round goes through. Nothing. Boy. Third round now is, is coming through, and now I'm pissed. Like this, I'm not happy anymore because I knew I was going to be drafted. So the difference of hoping you are and knowing you are and then dropping. But let's backtrack for a second. You have interviews that you go through in the process of talking to teams and whatnot. I got a couple of funny stories. You know what? We'll save some of those funny stories for draft week when we have one of our episodes because they'll be worth it. But with the St. Louis Blues, um, I'd never talked to them, didn't know they were interested. And Ron Caron has me in for an interview or a meeting. And it was just an amazing vibe. It was an amazing vibe. Uh, You know, he's a big baseball fan. And so he's talking about the Cardinals. He's talking about the Expos back in Canada. Like, you just a really cool dude, Ron Caron was. The scouting staff was awesome, super nice and accommodating, which when I tell you stories about the draft week or during draft week, not every team is nice. They, they treat it like this, like interrogation room. And uh, Matt Cater, who was one of, their, uh, one of their scouts, Bobby Plager, but Matt Cater ended up being my agent later on, which was kind of neat because he was one of the guys who was part of the, the group that drafted me. And so when the third round came around, and I'm just kind of fast-forwarding through this, again, we'll go more into detail draft week because I think that would be fun to, to go through yeah. all that, is uh, when it came around to St. Louis, I thought to myself, well, these buggers better freaking pick me. They actually interviewed <laughs> me twice. They brought me back twice. And then they announced uh, St. Louis Blues select you know, left defenseman, Sudbury Wolves, Jamie Rivers. So I was so pissed at the time, but then – because it was St. Louis and because I had such an amazing interview and chat with these guys and they were so awesome, Ron Caron was just awesome, I was really excited. So it's weird how things work out. Had it been like San Jose, I probably would have been like, I don't even want to get – I don't want to go down there and put the jersey on. Now, that's excessive. I would have. Right. I would have been happy, okay, sure. and take you know, all with a grain of salt here. But because it was the Blues and because I was so happy with what – we had talked about, I was like super pumped to come to St. Louis. I, I got to tell you, of all of my favorite people in blues, hockey, lore, there is not a person that I that that I think I love more than Ron Caron. Yeah. I, the interviews that I remember seeing, like I had a chance to meet him uh, at the at the Scott Trade Center very early on, and it was and it was just a real it was a hello handshake, nothing big, but it was so neat to me to be able to meet the professor. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, 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 and can you maybe kind of talk about? 
I, I mean, because not only was he a personality, but I mean, this guy was in hockey for a long time, so he had to have great hockey acumen as well. Well, he it wasn't for this... Brett Hull. Okay, well, boom. Decent. And he traded Bernie Federico the... for Adam Oates. Is that at the top of the resume, which... I hope? Bernie Federico is a Hall of Famer, right? right? Bernie was near the the tail end of his career, getting older, still a very good player. Had, but he traded Bernie Federico for Adam Oates, and then Hull and Oates was born, right? So Ron Caron, and amongst other things, you know, he acquired Brendan Shanahan. He did a lot of things that were were top notch, and he was always so funny because he'd walk in and he 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 remembered everybody I think ever that walked the earth, and he would tell stories <laughs> about things and games and like he had a story from like junior hockey for me it was like obscure like way up in like hawksbury ontario which is nowhere like attendance of 12 type thing and right he came in ah jimmy i remember you you're playing for the ottawa junior senators and uh you were playing very well that day it's like it's unbelievable and he'd go through it ah the weather was minus 12 i remember the wind was east to west very cold the linesman name i'll remember all yeah, Pierre Shampoo was working the lines that day. Oh, what I, so one of the things I remember about him, first of all, just full of life, oh, man. full of energy, always smiled. And like Donnie said, if you're, one of you guys said if you met you, he would know you the next day. But I sat next to him up in the press box one time for maybe a period, and he reminded me of a grade school basketball coach on the bench where I also was, and he couldn't sit still with his feet. Like his feet would push your feet over. Like if your feet, my feet were here and his were, and we were sitting next to each other, he'd be skating with you guys doing this crap oh, yeah. the entire time. I loved it. I thought it was fantastic. He was awesome, man. You would walk by his office um, at the Keel Center when we moved there. It was, you had to walk by his office to get out of the building. And I am not kidding you. I don't know if it was by design or just by coincidence or whatever. Once a week, he would stop you and call you in his office. And usually that sends somebody to a cold sweat, you know, GM. And I'm like, okay, where was I last night? What did I do? <laughs> right, yeah. I can't remember. This is bad. <laughs> you know, not Ron Cron. He came, he talked to you about whatever. He would talk to you about the Expos. He talked about the Cardinals. Did you see that picture? What do you think of this? And how about that game last night in Quebec? You know, like, <laughs> and just talking to you. And then he'd be like, okay, I got to go now. I got to work. I'm like, okay, prof, I'll see you later. What's <laughs> wrong with that? Just <laughs> an awesome dude, man. I really, really, really loved him. So last night, you know, and it's something that I have said all along, really, since the Blues were out, that Montreal was going to beat Vegas and uh, and and get into the Stanley Cup. Yeah, finals. I remember I you mean, saying that. I clearly that from the have said that. Yeah. The, the the entire time. Yeah, but uh, you were okay. saying that in May. I think. Yeah, yeah. You? yeah. Well, that's a lie because I thought Vegas was going to run the table. But I got to tell you that watching these games has been incredibly fun, and I have completely jumped off of the Vegas bandwagon and onto the Canadians. Whoa, bandwagon. watch your ankle. <laughs> yeah, man. Your knee. Don't yeah. turn a knee. That's all right. Don't though. turn an ankle. And, and normally, I'd feel bad about bandwagon jumping, but not yeah. now. I don't really care yeah. uh, because. I really feel like I'm going to go back to disliking Vegas like in an intense sort of way next year when the Blues start playing them again. But what the heck, Jamie? Three to two, Canadians up on Vegas. Yeah. They could really take them out. This is it's a little wild, right? Because the Canadians have been the Rodney Dangerfield of the playoffs where they, they can't get no respect. They no respect. Yeah, they haven't. They barely they limped into the playoffs. It's not like they got hot at the end. Other teams just got bad. And Montreal was able to get into the playoffs. But since then, you know, I think the the Toronto series for them to start off was the perfect case because they had the most intense rivalry 
in hockey of the Maple Leafs Canadians goes back to the beginning of time pretty much. And they, they won that series. And Carey Price was incredible in that series. And from there, they just sort of took off. They absolutely waxed their you-know-whats with Winnipeg. And now they're playing Vegas where nobody gave them a chance. I mean, people in Canada probably just drunkenly, Habs in five, you know, or Habs in six. Nobody really, truly thought that, unless they're insane. And now they're sitting here, they're one game away from winning it in six. And they're going back to Montreal to do it where, guys, I played there, okay? There is an aura to that building and that locker room and everything of all the past heroes that played there the numbers that are hanging in the rafters, the the former players that show up to watch games and walk in and shake your hand. And I know they're not doing that right now, but talking to Mark Bergevin, Bob Gainey has been down to talk to the team. Guy Lafleur in I was attendance. Just say Guy like, Lafleur. Wow. There's something weird and creepy about the Montreal Canadiens when they get in the playoffs. It's almost like the legends of past come out of their graves and they're out there pushing the boys and helping them win. So I don't count them out at all, Donnie. You, uh, I heard you yesterday, I believe, on your program on the 101 ESPN over there, the Fast Lane. Yeah, 2 to 6 daily, Yeah, Jeff. 2 to 6 daily. Uh, and you guys were <laughs> I'll dis- do self-promo, Donnie. Don't worry. <laughs> good, good. <laughs> you guys were discussing who should be in goal for Vegas. Do you go back to Marc-Andre Fleury? Do you mm-hmm. go back to Leonard? Went to play, and I think your your comment was whatever choice he makes is if Vegas wins, it's the right choice. That's it. Yeah, he has no out. So like, now so, what? Well, now he's really screwed because he went back with Flurry, and they lost. So now, if he goes back with Laner for Game Six, and let's say he goes out and lays an egg like he did against Colorado. Well, that's the worst decision ever. You know, why did you not go back with Marc Andre Fleury, who got you here? But then if he goes with Fleury and Fleury lays an egg, that's the wrong decision, too. And so I thought the easiest way out for Pete DeBoer for the last game was to stick with Robin Lehner. He just won. The easy default for a coach is I stick with the winning guy. And so this is tough because Fleury has been Vesna caliber all year. Yeah, he, the only way Pete DeBoer wins is if he literally wins. Wins, yeah. Dude, I, listen, I am not trying to be dumb here, okay? I'm, I'm, I do not understand why he didn't just ride Flurry the entire playoffs. He had why? a couple of bumps in the road, Donnie. Okay. Games two and three were average at best. Game okay. three, he had a couple of real big mental blunders. He just looked kind of fatigued, right? And so, ordinarily, if it's a one-goalie team, you're like, I don't, well, whatever, we figured it out. But as we know here in St. Louis, in our Stanley Cup run, where Jake Allen um, didn't play as big of a part, didn't get any starts, but he did do some you know, some bullpen work for Jordan Bennington, it's important to use that other goalie. And you have Robin Lehner, who is one of your best goalies in the NHL. You signed him to a big extension. And you got Marc-Andre Fleury. You know what? You see a little bit of a, a hiccup. You go to the other guy. You're like, hey, we got 1A and 1A sure, part sense. two type thing. No, Nobody else in the playoffs currently has that ability to just jump from goalie to goalie. I think Pete DeBoer made a mistake by not sticking with the goalie who won uh, because now he's in absolute jam where he's painting himself in the corner and he's looking for a lifeline. You know what you should do? Put Mark Stone in between the pipes with no mask. <laughs> I don't know if that would make a difference. I just, I, you seen that guy's face? 
He scared the hiccups out of you. I just love (laughs) seeing Peter DeBoer's sour face. I just love it. It just even thinking about it brings me joy. Uh, I want to I want to read this email, and this will play into the playoffs as well. Hey guys, uh, mainly because the way the season has been, I've watched virtually next to no teams in the East, so I didn't expect the Islanders to get this far in a Cup run. Uh, Please, can you explain where this came from? What are the Islanders doing, and how much do you fancy their chances going forward? I love that he says fancy. Their chances yeah. going forward. They aren't a team I would have expected to be in the semifinals. So what's happening? You want me to answer? You, let's, let's have I, think, I mean, answer, no, Jeff, no, actually, really, no, that's okay. I'm kind of stumped. No, that's all right. You're good. No, I'm going to let you handle this one. Right. I'll let you know if you're wrong. Okay. Well, I, look, you know, I <laughs> I'll let you know if you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so the New York Islanders, the organization had been a disaster for so many years. You know, Mike Milbury had his um, epic fails with contracts. I look back today in history was the day he traded uh, Alexi Yashin for Zdeno Chara, or he traded Zdeno Chara, Bill McColt, who was a good player, 20 goal scorer at the time, and the second overall pick in the NHL draft for Alexi Yashin. And that second overall pick ended up being Jason Spezza. So Ottawa ended up with Chara, McCault, and Spezza for Alexi Yashin. So if that gives you an indication of where the Islanders were organizationally, then we'll just start there. And then he traded uh, Roberto Luongo for nothing. And then Kevin Weeks, he traded him as well. So, oh he traded God. him to the NHL Network, correct? Yeah. No, eventually. Weeks, he, I, I knew that was in his future. He's a great <laughs> dude, knows a lot about hockey. But, yeah, so he traded his two number one goalies that we had that were young. They were going to go on to have uh, Kevin Weeks a solid NHL career and Roberto Longo Hall of Fame career. Um, yeah, so stay hot, Mike. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and he didn't resign this one guy who was wearing number 20 for them. Who's that? Average 20, about 20 I can't imagine who that might was, be. Uh, about 20 that was you, right? On the worst team in the NHL. But that's okay. No, no big deal. Um, so then Garth Snow took over and. Well, he kept it going. Yeah, he wasn't great as a GM. No, he was wasn't, he? but his last couple of drafts were okay because you're seeing the benefits now. A lot of the Islanders players that they have in-house is people that Garth Snow either acquired or drafted. Oh, okay, good. So it wasn't horrible, but I guess my point is the ownership there, um, Ledecky made a huge decision to bring back the Islanders, like being proud of being an Islander, which had been so far gone because of their obscurity in the New York area for being so bad. And he he went out and got Lou Lamorello, who is a, a tri-state legend there. Yeah. And he started to build. Right away, he fired the coach. He fired everybody. He fired um, Garth Snow. He, he took him away from his duties. Then he went and he got Barry Trotz. And the Washington Capitals to this day are absolutely banging their head off a wall because Barry Trotz, they let him play out or coach out his final year of the contract in Washington, and he went on to win the Stanley Cup. Then they tried to throw him an offer, and he's like, eh, I'm going to see what's out there. And Lou Lamorello basically said, you're coming to be an Islander. And from that moment, they started to build the Islander culture. And we know what Lou Lamorello did in New Jersey with Subpar teams, we'll say. They did get better, and they had a guy named Martin Brodeur, and they had Scott Stevens. They had some great players over the years, but overall you look back and you go, man, how are the Devils so successful? Lou Lamorello got the right people, the right culture, and that's what he's done with the Islanders. And if you look at the players that they have, they have Matthew Barzell, who's probably their flashiest player. After that, guys, it's just a bunch of really good players. 
and guys that are sacrificing every game and blocking shots and sticking to the defense-first mentality. And Barry Trotz, players absolutely love this dude. And so they're playing their hearts out, man. And this is the result, is they're right there, neck and neck. Now, I don't think they survived the Lightning, because I think the Lightning are just so dang good and so talented that they're going to be hard to beat for whoever meets them in the final. Okay, so question for you. Montreal, very, very good chance of knocking Vegas out. They just need one win in the last two games. The Tampa Bay. Good math. Thank you. Well, Donnie just told me that. The uh, I saw it. The Tampa Islanders series certainly is not over yet, so the Islanders could come back to that. My question to you is, and this is to any professional sport, is it a, just a thing? Is it a misnomer as us fans going, well, the NHL would certainly hate to see Montreal versus New York in a final? You know what I'm saying? Well, would, they would rather who, see Vegas-Tampa Bay, right? Or it's weird to say that the NHL wouldn't want to see a city like Montreal in the final. Well, no, I but, think they would because of how big of a media market it is, Correct, right? uh, Correct, but Vegas is the darling right now. Sure. You know, that sort of thing. Yeah, Tampa but they're Bay not could the, be going back-to-back. You okay. know, what's the better story, I guess? The better story, quite honestly, the NHL is praying for an Islanders-Canadians final. Really? They are? Okay. Well, the New York market... And the, the Canadian, Canadian market. market. So just like I said the other day on the fast lane, like when the Toronto Raptors went on to win the NBA, everybody thought, oh, this is terrible for the NBA. The Raptors. No, you have an entire country behind that team that are all tuning in for viewership and ratings and merchandise and all this other stuff. Anytime you can do that, it's a win. And so the Montreal Canadiens, as historic as they are right now, the entire country is out of their mind from Montreal Canadiens. Like, my brother is still up in Canada, and they're watching the games, and everybody's driving around with Montreal Canadiens stuff and honking the horns at midnight as they're winning games. Like, it's insanity up there. So I think the Montreal Canadiens, uh, as much as Vegas is the darlings, they are from a glitz and glamour thing. But overall, I think if you look at the possibility of how many people could get behind the Canadiens, even U.S.-based people, I think that's a win for them. And the Tampa Bay Lightning... They don't have a huge market as it is. They do great. Don't get me wrong. And they're probably the most talented, most well-known team that's left in the Final Four. But they've also just won it. Mm-hmm. It's like, eh, it's it's weird how people view that and they go, the sexy story here is the Islanders or the sexy story is Montreal. Like the year the Blues ended up in the Stanley Cup Final against the Bruins, the Blues were the darling. All across the states, you t- you look at the number of people that were supporting. Almost all of Canada was St. Louis Blues supporters. So th- the population, wherever you're at, likes to pull for that underdog, that obscure team. It kind of reminds me of a couple of years ago when the Cubs were on their run to the World Series. And everybody was like, oh, feel good story, feel good story. And as a Cardinal fan, I'm like, I feel good story. <laughs> I feel like the Toronto Maple Leafs fans are like the same thing, that they're surrounded by they're all like, these Like, it could have been us. Right? And they just, but, but, but I mean, at this point, like, are Leafs fans rooting for the Canadians or no? I would assume not. Uh they are. Oh, they are. They okay. are. For the most part, look, they're they're bitter, but they also, if you look at it, if you flip it a little bit, it looks a lot better for the Maple Leafs if they've lost to the Stanley Cup champions. Sure. Yeah. So true. even right now, it's a bit of a redemption tour for the Maple Leafs because everybody thought, oh, they're going to go, Canadians are going to go on and get waxed by the, the Jets or they're going to get throttled by the Knights. That hasn't happened. So now the head coaching staff, the fans, the general manager, Toronto's like, see, they didn't suck. And maybe, so maybe we got something here. Yeah. yeah. So I think the fan base overall, Canada's pretty proud of their hockey. Yeah. 
I know it's hard to believe. <laughs> right. um, but yeah, I think for the most part, they're pulling for the Canadians. Even if you secretly are you know, wearing your Leafs jersey underneath your Canadians jersey, I think you're still pulling for them. Boy, this is um, this is so incredible. It, it's a great end of the season, but then also too, I cannot wait. For the offseason. Oh, same here. I am so ready to start to see some movement and some things going on. It's I want to know what our boys are going to do. Donnie, it's yeah, buzzing. What? what are you talking about? Uh, just buzzing. You got. No, I got nothing right now. I already dropped my knowledge a little bit. Yeah. Right. I think last week is the buzzing in which that he is talking ah, about. That is now buzzing, There's is what you're buzz. saying. There's yeah. some buzz. Uh, yeah. There's some buzz. I think everybody in the room appreciates a good buzz. So. Oh, 100%. Uh, that's yeah. true. You're All right. Offering? Last Minute Blues podcast is uh, done for the week. We'll be back next week. As always, share with your hockey loving friends Jamie Rivers, Jeff Burton, Donnie Fandango. Almost forgot everybody's name. It's the Last Minute Blues podcast. Thanks for listening, everybody. The Last Minute Blues Podcast. Hear more at 1057thepoint.com. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes, from running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only, not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton, motivation that moves you.